This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich. Today's episode is called Rock the Stage to Skyrocket Your Authority and Success. I borrowed that rock the stage thing from my guest today, Rich Trigger Bontrager. He's the creator and host of How to Rock the Stage Show, which airs live online every Wednesday night. He also hosts the National Speakers Association podcaster and author forums, and he is the new NSA Live. He has a new NSA Live show behind the stage. Entrepreneurs, executives, and speakers hire Rich to unleash their brand authority by learning media-savvy skills that help them shine on camera and on stage. Rich has worked with top speakers, leaders, and authors like Dennis Waitley, Sandra D. Robinson, Chris Westfall, Jeffrey Hazlett, Deanna Singh, and more. Rich's passion comes from his 30 years, 30 years as a professional podcaster, keynote speaker, and pastor. He provides group and one-on-one transformational coaching with practical tools, evaluations, and action steps that radically transform your confidence and clarity and communication skills. Rich Pontrager, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Tom, great to be on, and I love the name of your podcast. We love Story Oh, thank well. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, transformations. You talk about the fact that you help people transform their confidence, their abilities, their clarity, so forth on stage. I know from having gotten to know you that you had that transformation, that that you were not always rocking the stage. So tell us the story of what Rich was all about on stage before you learned the things that you know now that allow you to rock the stage. Rich was not on stage, Tom. That's the problem right there. Rich Rich was afraid to get on stage because Rich had a horrible stutter. So yeah. the idea of getting on stage was just like beyond my comprehension. Yeah. My stutter was so bad back in the day when you're reading those books out loud in school and teacher would say, Rich, stand up and read a paragraph for everybody. And you would stand up and read and I would stumble and bumble and the words just could knock it out. You get stuck on those and the uh, I would literally drop the book and run out of the room crying. That's how bad my stutter was because the kids were laughing and teasing. So my speech limited people's view of what they thought of me. They thought I was dumb or slow. My brain had a lot up here. I just couldn't get it to come out of my mouth. What yeah. I had learned before I got on stage was how to balance the two out. So the brain and the mouth run at the same speed and I could get the information out. Knowing that has helped me as a professional broadcaster, media coach, because I know a lot of people have stage fright and a lot of it is yeah. getting control of it, first of all. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said. And, and I think the critical point is slowing down and getting in sync is a tip that does not just apply to those who struggle with stuttering. That's a principle. That's a, that's a primary approach that applies to everybody who's going on stage. Those with stage fright, those who stutter, those who even think they're pretty good at it, (laughs) slow down, get it in sync. So, so what do you mean by that? How, how do you do that? So first of all, take a deep breath before you go on stage. Literally, before you begin, if they're doing that introduction, by the way, great job the introduction. But before you step out at the introduction, take a deep breath so you do bring it all on the same level. And I also coach people, their introduction and their ending, their takeoff and their landing are two of the most important things. So even if you need to read it off a cue card or have the cue card on a podium next to you, know that your first thing out is so pre-scripted, it will naturally come out of you. That will help you keep this in balance because you have that opening so solid. You just flow and then you fly into the rest of the talk. But that, 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 that first reset is so important for everybody. And again, seasoned veterans, I encourage them to do the same thing. Even though they know their talk, the adrenaline's still pumping. It's a different audience every time. The lights do bother you when you get out on stage. All this stuff still happens. So make sure you breathe. And always, always go with the same introduction. Do not vary it. Go with the same introduction because you will own it and crush it every time. Yeah, I love that. And and you're talking about seasoned veterans. It reminds me of a story that I've told before about reading. I I heard Eddie Murphy on with, uh, it was Jerry Seinfeld, his show, uh, Comedians in Cars with Coffee or whatever they call that. And he was interviewing Eddie Murphy and they were talking about stage fright. And Eddie Murphy was talking about the fact that when he does stand up and he did a lot of stand up over the years before he became a movie star, he always suffered from like stomach churning stage fright. And he said the few times that he didn't, that he, for whatever reason, thought that he was on top of the world, those were the times he bombed. And the point of the story, what he went on to talk about is that when you feel that anxiety and that adrenaline flow and that, that little bit of fright, you embrace it. If, if you're deliberate about doing what Rich was talking about, all right, I'm about to go on stage. This is a little bit frightening. It's okay. (laughs) And then, you know, getting to that level place. And when you're deliberate about that, you do better. Well, getting on stage, speaking with the microphone, public speaking is the number one fear in the world, Tom. Now we've added a camera and an empty room for most of us. The fear level has gone way higher because like, what am I going to talk about? Where do I look? How do I do this? And I don't even have an audience. So how can I make this entertaining and fun? We've taken speaking and put the fear on steroids. It's really important now to make sure you are ready before you turn on the microphone, turn on the camera, so you hit your mark right away. Yeah, and and by bringing up the the camera, the digital environment, Zoom, and so forth, you bring home a really important point that I think we need to make here, which is we're not just talking about speaking in the context of I am a seminar speaker, a mm-hmm. featured presenter. We're talking about speaking when you're one-on-one with a networking guest, yes. uh, when you're doing a sales presentation, when you're doing anything where you have an audience of one 
or 1000. We're talking about rocking that stage. You're on stage at all times. Well, and, and it's even more important to do it because this is now where your brand and you hang out. Right. This is where we're making connections. Global reach has opened up now because of what we're doing virtually now. That's why I call it the virtual stage. This is a stage. Your office, your business is a stage. It's not just a business. So I teach media skills to help you shine better on camera. Because if you don't, your sales team will suffer. Sales go down. Marketing goes yep. down. Connectivity yep. goes down. You don't get the follow-up phone calls. You have to know how to show up here. And if you do do this really well, your sales will go up because the confidence here brings confidence to the future with your clients in a whole new way. Yep. Yep. Confidence is such a key word. It, 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 your audience sniffs it when you're scared, when you're unprepared, when you're on defense. And so presenting yourself with authority and confidence is such a key to making powerful business connections. Yeah. It's just a great point, Rich. You have to show up here. And now you can be your own media empire. For yeah. those of us that love to advertise and advertising you know, has been the phone book. It started off with a handshake. It started off with a business card. Then it went to your website. Forget about that. You are now the best branding marketing tool there is. You being the brand ambassador, you being the brand messenger. And now you have to figure out how you're going to show up and do that. But now we have media tools. Again, we can go around the world right now. We can go live streaming everywhere. We can do this on replay immediately after we're done with this. The potential for the use of media for your business is so powerful. You really must learn media skills to stay with the new learning curve and the way businesses are growing using media. Yeah. And, and so when we talk about media skills, Rich, there are technical aspects of it, you know, your camera setup, your lighting, so on and so forth. And then there are mindset aspects of it that yeah. we've been talking about it. And then there are just sort of strategy tactics, preparation that go beyond just the, the mindset part. Let's talk first about the technical aspects of okay. it because, because I've, I've witnessed people who otherwise might present with great authority and confidence, but their setup is so lousy that it's just, it's distracting. It's, it's authority uh, crushing, not authority building. So share with us a few quick tips that the viewers and listeners can put to work right away as far as how to present professionally and with authority uh, as far as the technical side of it. So when it comes to the tech, the first thing people keep asking me is, which is more important, video or audio? Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, your audio is more important than your video. That's right. You need to have something that can cut through all the gibberish, all the sound waves. There's a lot of noise in our world, and you want to be crisp and clear to get people's attention. So the quality of your microphone does matter. Now, many people are just using their laptop. Normally, in an average setting, your laptop microphone will work. But the more podcast interviews you do, the more your own streaming content, the more your own coaching videos. You want to have a good microphone. It doesn't have to be broadcast quality, but there's many that are close to broadcast quality right. that keep it crisp, that keep it clear. Now, if you do get into podcasting, streaming shows like I do, like you do, you're going to want to elevate that microphone. Like I use Rodecaster. I love the clarity, the professional is this. It has a great sound buffer. So I'm not popping and the S sounds are not going crazy. 
So the higher level you go, you do want to advance with the audio. Yeah. Now, lighting. And I'll, I'll, I'll note yeah. one thing yeah. before you go on, Rich, that that when we're talking about going higher level with microphones, you know, we're not talking about breaking the bank. I have no. I, I'm going to pull one from back here that's not plugged in, but this is a backup microphone that I have. And this one is uh, uh, the brand is uh, I think it's called Yeti. And the, yes. the microphone itself is the blue. And this thing costs less than a hundred bucks. And it's a spectacular mic for this sort of thing. The mic I have in front of me here yep. is um, a little bit more expensive, but it's uh, I, I think 130 bucks, something like that. And you, you mentioned something that I wanted to, to jump on here. You talked about a lot of people using their laptop, just, you know, talking to their laptop. Yeah. If you have a nice laptop, it has a decent mic. It picks up your sound. You, you might think you, you sound great, but those laptop mics are designed to work. If you're sitting off a little bit to the side, if you're sitting off here, you know, they have, they're designed to pick up the sound in the room, which means that all that noise outside the door, that, that your dog, that whatever is going on around you is going to be picked up by the mic. The, these mics that I just showed you are designed to be single right directional. Yeah. Right here. So yep. when, when you, it, it's picking up this right now, I have uh, contractors in my house working on, on replastering my dining room because we had a flood and the ceiling collapsed and all this horrible stuff. And they're making a racket. I can hear it. You can't. That's the key. <laughs> that's a good mic. And, and, and that's where you get more of that technical stuff is, you know, the, you know, lateral sound that goes everywhere. The straightforward sound, learning your microphones is part of your learning skill as you advance in this. Also, I want to mention a lot of people like having wireless microphones. Now, I love wireless when I'm on stage. Yeah. But if you're doing a streaming show, a podcast, and like that, I recommend get a cord, get a corded microphone. It's a lot safer. You know, it's going to grab in. And you'll also see on your peripherals, you'll see which mic you're grabbing. And yep. always double check, always double check which mic it's grabbing before you go live. I do it every day, every call, every show, because sometimes it doesn't grab it right away and you have bad audio for a great interview. And then the person doing the interview may not use the interview. That's always right. double check your mic. Yeah. Very, very good point. Any other technical tips, Rich? That you yeah, actually, when it, when it comes to the video side, uh, yeah. lights are important. You don't, yep. you, you don't want to have this clean as light, you don't want that two-faced shadow thing going on. That's just not cool. Um, cameras, my laptop camera is incredible, okay? I do have other cameras I use, but on an average day, I just use my laptop camera. Yep. Again, different computers, different laptop, different sensory equipment. But when you use that camera, you need to talk to the camera more than you talk to the screen. That's where I get into the people skills. I, I, I coach more people skills first. Technical second, because this, the way I look at the camera doesn't impact how I look at the screen. But if, if, if I look down too much, if I look off to the side too much, no one cares what you're saying. You yeah. want to look and talk to that camera and fall in love with the camera. So if the green dot bothers you, put tape over it, put a smiley face, put, right. put a friend or family picture up there. Talk right. to your camera like it's a real person, but the camera doesn't need to be good quality once again. Yep. And eye level, my camera yes. lens right there. And so it's, it's very natural for me to sit here 
and stare straight into the camera. I'm making eye contact with you, Rich. You're making eye contact with me, I think, because I'm, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I know because I know you, but I'm, I'm seeing you in a little monitor out of, out of the periphery, but I'm focused actually on the lens of my camera. Well, and, and people are still doing this, Tom. I mean, I, I just saw it the other day. They've got their camera. Hi, how's it going? Or, or they've got it like this. Great to be with you, Tom. Yeah. And you, you can see my mouth, but you can't see. No, you, you, you want to have it. So you, you are the centerpiece. Yeah. You want to make sure that you and the camera are eyeball to eyeball, face to face, and you have a good time with it. Yeah, 100%. Last thing I want to talk about uh, as far as the technical stuff in the video. If you use green screen, and a lot of people do. Yep. Yep. Know what you're doing. <laughs> know what you're doing. And, you know, read up, follow the instructions. I see so many people who otherwise have, uh, you know, a lot to offer and a lot of authority. And it's hugely distracting because they look like garbage in front of whatever fake background they've set up because they don't understand the technical aspects of green screen. It You're using a green screen, Rich, and it's yeah. brilliant. There's no sense that you have a green screen. I mean, it, it looks like you're sitting in a studio. It's it's awesome. What are some of the green hard. screen mistakes that, that people Oh, yeah. Make? I have worked hard. I have studied all. I have practiced. And yeah. part of that practice is, is, hey, I had another coach help me to begin with. So I do recommend in this area, if you want to rock this so much, so it does look real. People ask me every day, that's a great studio. That's real, right? They, <laughs> they're, they're assuming this is real. This is the illusion I want to make. It is a green screen. It's right behind me. But this green screen is my billboard. This green screen is my marketing tool. 70% yeah. of what people receive is nonverbal. So you're right. This has got to be really good because it, if it's communicating bad quality, mm -hmm. they're assuming you're bad quality. Right. So either go for a physical set, as they say, something in your room that will highlight, that will show well, or spend the time, get a coach if you need one, and get this right. Because this automatically will set the table of what people think of you before you say a word. Yep. Amen to that. Amen. So we talked a little bit about mindset and you shared a tactic that helps prepare you and build your confidence and so forth feeds that, that, that mindset strength. And that, that tip was, uh, you know, have it scripted out, memorized or use talking points or, or read it right at the beginning, have that beginning scripted out and so forth. But what else in terms of presenting, rocking the stage, do you recommend that we should be doing in, in terms of preparing our presentation, delivering our presentation, so forth? Well, everything is being recorded now. So yeah. whether you're on a virtual event like this, a hybrid event or a live in-person event, everything is being recorded. So learn how to intentionally within your talk that's going to flow natural, it's going to sound great and off the cuff, intentionally build in sound bites that you know will hit the mark. Because yeah. that repurposed soundbite now can be used on your social media. If you're doing a live event and there's media out there in the audience, they're looking for those soundbites. The local right. newspaper, the TV stations, they're all looking for it. So if you build into your talk an intentional soundbite, like when people interview me, they ask me, what do you think about the virtual stage? What's, yeah. what's the possibility? I say every time, the virtual stage is an ever-expanding experience. 
boom, they will grab that, put it on the headline of the paper, and they will run my story behind it. You need yeah. to learn how to talk in sound bites without making it sound like you talk in sound bites. Yeah, I love that. Without making it sound like you talk in sound bites. This is where the work you do and the work I do really intersects. We talk about creative content, standing out in your space, putting out content that that resonates, that gets prospects and, and clients to know, like, and trust you. It really is about being personable writing or talking like you do in real life, not being the blah, 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 lecture, being human. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, it, it should feel off the cuff. It shouldn't yes. feel like you're reading a script or that you're a paid spokesperson person or a talking head like a newscaster. So how how for those who who understand the concept but don't know how to do it, how can you be more natural, personal, uh, personable and deliver content sort of as if it's just a, a nice casual conversation you're having with your audience? Well, this goes right into your natural area of storytelling. Yeah. Learn to be a great storyteller and you will find those natural sound bites. Yeah. Again, often they ask me about my stutter. I have stories that relate and there are some natural sound bites in there. But those stories are not just for the sake of filling air. Those stories need to illustrate and then you teach a point behind it. You clarify why you told the story and how that links into it. But often those stories will help you come up with your brand identifiers. And you are the brand. So you want to present on brand. Again, if you're virtual, I've got my logo. I've got my studio. I'm all about media. Presenting a way that your brand message comes through in your stories, in your talking points, especially on the ending of every event, of every show, takeoff and landing. Planes crash the most on takeoff and landing. Yep. Speeches are the same way, Tom. Yep. <laughs> they crash at the beginning and they crash at the end. So again, you need to know that beginning. Always have it ready. I still use a three-by-five card walk on a stage for every talk, put it on the podium, and I'll walk away. But mm -hmm. if there's a sound, a disturbance in the room, if something happens while I'm beginning, the squirrel in the room will get rich. So I need mm -hmm. that card as a backup to go to. Same thing with your ending. Make sure your ending has a call to action, a clear identifier for you and your brand. Maybe one of those talking points. This goes back to earlier, one of your stories. Know that ending so that it sticks better. And again, at the end, people are rustling their tables, are anxious to get out. They want to ask you a question. They're already thinking about the next thing. You want them to think about the last thing you say. So have that step to go as well. Those are some of the great easy tips. There's others, but those are some of the big ones. Well, we're going to save the others so people can contact you and build, you know, and have that uh, relationship with you. There's, uh, <laughs> you know, which is a nice segue to the point that that you have, you're running a business here and yeah. you provide value. And the next great step is to connect with you and see if, hey, uh, if I want to take that step to rock the stage, maybe I'll check with Rich and see if, if he's somebody who can help me, which really gets me to another story and another point. I recently heard a so-called uh, public speaking expert provide a bunch of tips about, um, you know, how, how, to, how to do it. And one of the tips she gave is never ever sell from stage. And I wrote back to her and I said, 
Well, sometimes, you know, I won't sell from stage if the host has told me not to sell from stage if they've explicitly prohibited that. And by the way, I, I, I'm rarely going to accept a speaking engagement if that's the position <laughs> of the host. Um, but, um, you know, back to the point I was making before, that if you're having a conversation like this, you are demonstrating the value that you bring to the world. And no speaker should think that, okay, the value I bring to the world and begins and ends with the 30 minutes that I'm standing on this stage. <laughs> the, the value that you bring to the world, the relationship that you're having with an audience begins with the connection you're making on stage or in the Zoom room. And then there's an opportunity to take it further. So I, I'd love your thoughts about, Oh yeah. You, you've <laughs> talked about brand building. You've talked about call to action. I, you know, how do you, how do you, I'll back up one step. It's a long question. I understand, but I understand her thinking that you don't want to come across as a pitchy past. You want to deliver value, but how do you balance that? positioning of you as a speaker are providing value, but you as a speaker are also making the point that, look, this is just the beginning. If you want more, here's my book or here's my program. How does, how do you play that? And how do you so, coach your clients on that? So I understand what she and others like her have said, and I've run into that many times myself is yeah. don't sell from stage. They don't want you to come to the end of a great conversation. You've been teaching, educating, motivating whatever you're doing in your keynote and you get done and all of a sudden you turn into buy my program for three blah 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 okay you don't go that direction you don't do a hard sell at the end however i sell every time i talk mm -hmm. and i'm sure you do time yeah but i don't do the hard sell what i do during my stories during my conversation my illustration is you know one um i was recently coaching one of my clients and we got into right I am now telling them, oh, he coaches. Oh, yeah. he has clients. People pay him to do this. Yeah. Without saying, by my program, I'm illustrating that I make an impact with people by blank. Yep. That's the easiest soft sell you can make. And no one can stop you because the story you're telling directly applies to a point that anyone can use right away. Yeah. So sprinkle those in line. And again, if you're doing this on video, if you have a podcast show, you should dribble those in. You don't have to do a hard sell, but by doing that on a regular basis, people will know who you are, what you do, the value you bring people, the impact you make in their business or lives. It's really easy to do. And then at the end, when you are landing the plane, if you want to learn more about me and what I do at Rock the Stage Media, I'd love to talk to you. On the screen has got my website, my email, or talk to me after the show here. Love to talk to you. Yeah. Make drop, you're done. That's not a hard sell. That's it's a natural continuing the conversation that we just started here and taking it off stage to one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, yeah. A couple of responses to that. Number one is sometimes a program is designed where the guests, the attendees know that the speakers are going to yes. make a pitch and they're, you know, there's a, the back of the room tables and it's natural and it's expected at the yep. end, the, this person is going to pitch a program. And oftentimes you're there 
anticipating that, wow, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing this person speak. I know this, this person sells programs. So in certain cases, it is absolutely appropriate to, to, to pitch the program and the specifics and the details and all that stuff. But generally I agree with your point that uh, so many of the presentations, it can, it can just be, here's how to get in touch with me. Here's a free consultation and so forth. Second thing I wanted to note is uh, I love your advice about your, you're sprinkling these things in, in a natural way and just letting people know that I'm a coach or I have a book. (laughs) The example, I had a, a conversation on LinkedIn with this woman and I said, you know, sometimes it's okay to sell. And she said, well, maybe, but you know, I just hate it. She said this, I hate it when I'm hearing somebody um, give a presentation and they say something to the effect of on page 39 of my book, I mentioned da, 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 da. And my reaction to that was, all right, some people do that in a clumsy way, yeah. but I have a, a bunch of free resources and, and, and I've written a book in the past. I'm writing another book now, and I will do that very thing. She says she hates in a presentation because I'm making a point, you know, about whatever. And I'll say, yeah, you know, I expand on that in my free download or in my book. And what I'm saying to people is if this idea resonates with you, Mm -hmm and you want to dive deeper, here's how. And they either, either they want to dive deeper or they don't. And it's not offensive. It, it, but the key to what you were saying before yeah. is you're doing it in a conversational way. It, it falls out of your mouth, not in a way I'm the pitchy pass, blah, blah, blah. It falls out of your mouth is I'm just having a conversation. And oh, by the way, if you want to, want to know a little more, here's how to do it. Well, and again, it's not like you said, hey, you know, you're up there talking, by the way, page 35 of my brand new book. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, and then you do this and you say, by the way, they're available at the end of the show here today. That yeah. would be the pitch, not a story. Right. Now, if, if I don't have this and I say, by the way, when I was interviewing Tom for my book, I had a great conversation. I explained the story. I just mentioned the book in passing. People will ask. Yeah. People will start Googling right away in the audience. They'll pull their phone out. Oh, he's got a book. Let's go see what it is. I don't have to do anything after that. Right. So the hard pitch, the soft sell, the storytelling, there's different ways of doing this. An- yep. Another reason is, honestly, when I've been at those uh, speaking events where everyone's got an offer, everyone's got an offer, the audience is going to vomit with the next offer. They get tired of hearing offer, 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 offer. I stay away from it. Even if I'm allowed to, I will do the story version better, pique the curiosity. Part of the way that I end my talks is, and this is a great tip for everybody, Use cliffhangers. Yeah. It's worked in movies. It worked in TV series for years. Okay. We still want to know who shot JR. Go Google it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But if you use a cliffhanger to build that relationship from the stage, they will come after you. They will want to know more versus following everyone else's pitch. Too many pitches. They're tired. They're worn out. They're competing with everybody. I don't want to compete with them. Anybody. I want to add value to what everyone is saying. It's yep. a different strategy, but it works in the long run. Yeah, I, I love it. So, Rich, that's your cue. What's your cliffhanger? <laughs> Give us a cliffhanger so that the people who are listening and are thinking, I want to rock the stage, whether it's the one-on-one Zoom or whether it's being on stage. I want to rock the stage and 
you know, what next? What's your cliffhanger? Christian? Yeah, my cliffhanger would be we're all wanting to be on interviews like this. Like I'm on with Tom. I have several every week. We're all wanting to get on podcasts, TV, streaming shows now more and more. The problem is most of us don't know how to be a good interviewee. How many times have you crashed an interview? You went in unprepared, didn't know the host, didn't know what the concept was going to be like. You didn't know your talking points. Would you like to know how to do that? There's a way to know how to be a good interviewee. If you want to know more, contact me. I'd love to talk to you about how you can rock your very next interview. Beautiful. And how do they contact you? <laughs> contact me, rich at richbontrager.net. That's the direct email directly to me, not to my team, or just go to rocktostagemedia.com. And that has many of the services and offerings that we've been talking about here today. Beautiful. And all those addresses, all those links, they're going to be in the show notes, including others uh, for connecting with Rich on social media and all that good stuff. So Rich, any parting thoughts, final words of advice for the audience today? I want to go back to my beginning uh, story that you asked me about how I did not rock the stage beforehand. Mm -hmm. If I had known now about how to control my head, my voice, if I had known that when I was 16, 17 year old, I would have pursued my dream earlier of broadcasting and public speaking. Yeah. Don't wait. Simply go speak. That's one of my new taglines. There's one. Simply speak. Don't be polished. Doesn't have to be perfect. The more repetitions you get, the greater you will get. Get on more interviews. Get on more shows. If you're excited about having a speaking career, you need to simply start. Don't wait. Don't make it perfect. Just simply speak. I love it. Rich, very happy to have you on this show. We could do this for hours, I think. (laughs) think. Our time is up today. Happy to have you. We'll see you down the road. Rich, we... I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the relationship we've built. Grateful for spending time with you here on the show. We'll see you down the road. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.